2020 has been a disaster. It's been a lifetime in a publish purgatory. A festering pile of human excrement. It's like actually being the dull guy from the office who never goes out. Worse than that second Jet album. It's like being at a millennial's Christmas party. A thundering ocean of guff. It's like spending eternity with Tim Burgess talking through his record collection. A lost teddy in a playground of knives. Being at Glastonbury but only being allowed to go to the left field. Mince. Only being able to watch the Belarusian Football League because all sports actually been cancelled. A pair of jeans covered in someone else's sick. Being invited to the Fritzels for a dinner party. Diving into Scrooge McDuck's vault, but instead of coins. It's rats. Genuinely missing Idol's dads. A cave full of sadness. Like being stuck on a virus-ridden island with Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings. Wild camping with Myra Hindley. Stumbling into a bukaki party at an old people's home. Mrs. Brown's boys. Your Spotify being stuck on the magic gang radio. (laughs) A never-ending cyclone of bad ideas. Buying a house and finding you're outside of Deliveroo's radius. But worst of all, it's been far too boring. So, with all the vengeance of a recently vaccinated pensioner, we're back. This is the All Just Noise podcast. Yes, indeed, you can't get rid of us that easily. I'm James. And I'm Neil. And it's safe to say that it's not been a vintage year for anybody, probably apart (laughs) from that guy who uh, invented Zoom. Um, But it sort of makes sense to get back in the saddle, doesn't it, Neil? It does. It kind of feels like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'll I'll admit it's not been a... It's a a rather faint light, isn't it? It's a faint light, but it's there. We can see it and we're crawling slowly through the shit to get there and we so, will get there we will get there like 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 that guy in the Shawshank Redemption exactly and exactly. so we'll be we'll be redeemed at the end of it so in this month's uh, episode we're going to be performing a post-mortem and the multiple lockdowns of 2020 we'll be tracking what we'll hopefully be enjoying at the Great Escape in 2021 and testing some new releases in our animal-based review segment the Neely Wild Show but as always Neil first what have you been listening to well not a fucking lot really i mean this segment normally revolves around gigs and live music and you know you know how i love a gig story and i must admit let's just have an open chat about just how shit it's been i know we came up with lots of great similes and and metaphors i think for 2020 but let's be honest the real tragedy of this year has been the complete absence of live music um festival after festival getting cancelled was probably the most depressing thing at the start of the year um i have tickets for probably about 20 gigs and i get probably a week and about 20 festivals well and about 20 festivals but it's the it's the gigs where i've just totally lost track because i get a weekly email saying oh unfortunately due to coronavirus it's been scheduled for october 2074 or something ridiculous i think i've now got gigs in for the rest of my life because they will be rescheduled so it's been a very traumatic year james i don't know that's uh, like an exaggeration but um i've had a gig put in for january 22 uh, which is so far my furthest uh, furthest out so uh, 2074 really, i think it was the snuts <laughs> the, the reunion tour yeah exactly um yeah i i don't know it started pretty promising you know like this was this was an opportunity for us all to you know get to get familiar with some of the things we missed in 2019 listen to some up-and-coming new releases and i think it started reasonably positively you know there were some some real standouts in that sort of early part of uh, of lockdown one the humanist album i think we both raved about the humanist yep. album and and also sort of other new discoveries um uh, basic plumbing was probably one of my first uh, first sort of new bands to that sort of cropped up their album keeping up appearances i thought was was excellent and at the time are you, you sure know, that wasn't just a rerun of keeping up appearances that you were watching on netflix because you've watched <laughs> everything else during lockdown well that it, it, it's interesting that that's that's almost the point that I was gonna I was gonna sort of revolve round to was that I've I started out sort of hungry for new music and using this as an opportunity to to get into more new music and I've ended up just listening to the same old crap and like familiarizing myself or refamiliarizing myself with you know 
blur b-sides and you know like the some of the some of the lesser known elements of uh of Britpop. there was that gene uh, uh vinyl reissue that came out right in the middle of uh of uh of lockdown and so there's it, it was that sort of comforting thing of going back and listening to some older stuff but you know within that i would say that there was some 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 good that came out of it um keith from the office uh you know friend of the friend of the podcast uh sent me the revolutionary spirit which is a box set of liverpool bands from the like the late 70s to the very early 90s and probably very late 80s uh and there's some fantastic stuff in there that i'd never heard five five cds worth of scouse bands and I'll, i'll be honest there's a lot of synth and there's a lot of <laughs> and there's a lot of scouses on there, but there was some really interesting stuff, like very early Ian Brody sightings. His, his like it must have been either his first band or one of his first bands, um, Original Mirrors. Um, so yeah, some really interesting stuff there. There was like a Death School um, blockhead supergroup there called the Planets. Never heard of them. They were fantastic. Yeah, so, the, nice. so there has been a few interesting things that I've, I, I've yeah, to, to like do, you, but... I think I kind of regressed, and I don't know if it was the just sort of being being home every day almost kind of reminds you of being a teenager, and uh, yes, yeah, so I did I did go back to the nineties, and obviously we had window, a we, window into your teenagers. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't a fun teenager, let's be honest. Um, but we did have fun listening to our uh, cast from the nineties. So if anyone hasn't uh, uh, listened to the couple that we dug out from uh, back in ninety five and ninety seven, uh, that was uh, that was a great reminiscing fest. I thought I, um, I really I really enjoyed doing this I think that's probably the point at which I was like yeah actually new music shit I'm just gonna listen yeah. to the <laughs> Um, <laughs> that that probably was the exact crossroads at which that happened for me. So, so yeah. Um, but to, to answer your question, so what have I been listening to really? Um, so let, let's 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 get back on track as a new music podcast. That's so I've got a new wave of optimism now, and uh, I have been revisiting over the last couple of weeks the stuff that came out in uh, in 2020. So a lot of it was pre-lockdown. Um, then there was a, a slightly uh, dry period for new music when the best you got was the bloke from Blossoms strumming an acoustic guitar in his bedroom and like that was a, a particular lull for, uh, for for new music um but there has been plenty of good stuff and actually if you um if you if you, if you follow our twitter you might see i put a playlist out there this week which i think is now up to over 100 different artists that have released music in 2020 good music uh, with it with a with a track from each i think some of the highlights i'll pick some, out from the- some good well, yeah, obviously they're not going to all be to everyone's taste, but there's a, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, but some of the highlights to pick out, not necessarily the brilliance of music, but just like really interesting to see. So the Raytons, have you come across the Raytons? I've this not. Is, this is basically early Arctic Monkeys reincarnated. It's got exactly the same buzz. I remember from when, when did Arctic Monkeys break through? 2003, was it? When you basically had kids queuing around the block in Sheffield to get into their gigs in the pubs, pubs in Sheffield. And they came out and they were singing gritty real life songs. And obviously it, it took off massively from there. Um, the Raytons appear to be doing exactly the same thing to the point that the music and his voice sounds very similar to Arctic Monkeys. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see that happening again. And I think that might be, again, a reflection of everything that's happened this year, that you've got kids up there that are looking for something new to to, to kind of cotton on to and, and really, really enjoy. And I'd suggest listening to them. It's, it's nothing original or groundbreaking. Like I say, it's very early 2000s, but it's good to see that coming back. And for a band I've never heard of, you go on to Spotify and they've, they've got they've got million plus plays on most of their songs which is incredible is it good to have it back yes it is yes yes absolutely it's... i grew i grew tired of that scene very quickly i i know what you mean but you you, you don't want to begrudge, begrudge the uh the the teenagers of today what we had back then the youth exactly the that, youth. That bless fun. them all locked up well, abandon a sound that's more of our uh, of our age and our scene. Glass Vegas came back this year. They I didn't did. see that coming. I did they not did. see that coming. And I I think pretty good as well. Yeah. Like they've come back. They've come back strong. Again, not wildly different from the Glass Vegas that we remember no. from back in the day, but um, but no, very good, very strong. And yeah, I must admit, I didn't expect to see see them on a 2020 playlist, but it was a welcome return. I'd use the word comforting. Um, yeah. To have yeah. them back. Um, it was yeah, it was sort of reassuringly familiar um yeah they've been absent for way too long and that first class vegas album is still it didn't it was reasonably well hyped i think i was about to say it didn't get the credit it deserved but it is a it's a brilliant record you didn't read the enemy then well, <laughs> I absolutely loved them. Yeah, but not. I mean, I'd given up with the enemy by that stage. <laughs> um, it, it's. I, I. I don't know. I think there was always this kind of view that they were just these kind of morose, cartoonish Scots. But underneath that, there was some 
some exquisite songwriting, some fantastic guitar playing. I I, I really don't think they got the credit they deserved, um, and they probably won't again from that kind of wider audience. They they were a, they were a sort of muso's dream, but yeah. commercial success never. Uh, you know, apart from you know a couple of singles, like they, they never really had that commercial that commercial success that they probably deserved. To be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention that I, I, to be honest, I can't believe we didn't do a podcast special for this. Look how sports team have come since since we last yeah. since we last recorded an episode. Not, so only they, not only have they got their first album out, they've been Mercury nominated. They're doing interviews on primetime television. They're, they, they, they've made the big time football focus. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Laurie's predictions. Oh, all the, the big time media, really. And, you know, I, I remember you and I having a conversation where you scoffed when I said, I think they could have like, headline Glastonbury in a couple yeah. of years. And I'm, I don't think they're that far off it. You know, like they, <laughs> they, they're getting pretty, they're getting pretty close. Maybe, um, maybe about the same year as that Snuts reunion. Tour, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But yeah, well, credit where it's due. They've, they've, they've done it. They've done really, really well. And the fact do, they spent the first... Should we take a bit of the credit for it? Do you think I, we, I think we launched most, them? Yeah. I'd say we take most of the credit for yeah. it. Um, into the big time really and you know the fact they spent spent the beginning of lockdown locked in some like shack in cornwall recording <laughs> stuff uh it was like I, I don't know if you if you're on their mailing list but you just get yeah. this kind of stream of consciousness every few weeks from oh yes the band uh it was really good because it you know again it's it's sort of comforting to know that everybody was going slightly mental during that time so it's, I, uh, I like to think they kind of hadn't really heard about coronavirus went down to cornwall and then just sort of got cut off from the world and then suddenly as they went to come out everyone was like no no you can't come out you're stuck there now you're stuck there for the next three months you better get recording stuck there till you win a mercury yeah exactly yeah which is it's criminal they didn't can i just say yeah. Yeah, I thought, who won the Mercury? I've forgotten. Oh, no, absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, it was, it, I, I didn't think it was a bad list this year. I thought there were a couple of things that were uh, that were passable, but I think it was about the point where I started to disengage with music, and I saw the Mercury. Was that it? Was, was delighted sports team were on there, um, and then basically didn't follow it after that. So. That was that was the point for you. You were like, no, yeah. I'm not having it. It, it wasn't Dave. It was Dave was last year, wasn't he? Oh, oh, it was yeah. uh, Michael Kiwanuka, the world's, oh, most, God, yes. the world's most boring man. Yes, so you, you uh, had rave reviews of his set at Glastonbury, I believe. Oh, man, it was just <laughs> so dull, just so dull. And I was with a load of people who really liked him as well. And it was, I, I tried, Neil, I tried so hard to, to, <laughs> to like him. And, you know, in fairness, a talented musician, you know, very, you know, competent songwriter. I just find it really fucking boring. Like, it just doesn't do anything or go anywhere. Give me the Dave album any day. <laughs> but then the, the other albums, and you mentioned Humanist earlier, that was really good, wasn't it? And that was um, something very unusual, very different. Um, it was like a mixtape. Yeah, an album of collaboration, so wildly um, varying in styles and, and structure to it. But actually there was there was enough that kind of underpinned the album that did still feel like an album which i enjoyed so it, it, it wasn't completely from from kind of one one place to another like a like a random mixtape would be um it was still sort of themed but very very different and contrasting styles on the I album was, I, I, I would like to think your mixtapes had more of a theme running through them near us <laughs> i'm talking about your common garden mixtape oh, okay yeah not one, of, not one of your not one of your ones but yeah, yeah i mean you know people like you know you had mark gardner from um uh, from Ride on there, John Robb on there, um, Dave Gahan, Mark Lanigan, you know, like, wildly different vocal yeah. styles and ranges, but all, as you say, all gelled, gelled really well together. I'd be, uh, I'd be amazed if it doesn't do rather well in the, uh, in the, in the Shrimps album of the year um, yeah. list. And and one of my, one of my uh, I think I'll probably be alone on this, but near the top of my albums of the year as well is Trail of Dead and their their, their comeback album, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Uh, X the Godless Void is the name of the album, um, which is uh, typically typically bleak for uh, for Trail of Dead. But actually, the album's not bleak. The album's really uplifting. And I think I might have mentioned it on one of our last podcasts before our uh, our hiatus. Um, but it's it's held firm for me as being one of the best albums of the year. I think. Yeah, it's uh, you gave it rave reviews. I listened to it and I wasn't quite quite as effusive in my praise of it. It's still a, it's still a good record. I, I must admit I completely forgot about it. I was I was starting to think about my albums of the year 
um, last week, just while everybody else was thinking about it. And it, it wasn't in that immediate top top 10, top 15, it, top it won't 20. Be many, so but I, I, I might need to... Quirky one. Yeah, I might need to go back and give it another listen, though, in fairness. I think you should. I really think you should. So, James, I've talked a lot about what I've uh, enjoyed this year. What have you been listening to? Well, speaking of albums that won't be on anyone's list, um, I thought if you didn't mention it, I was going to have to mention it. Uh, I've been enjoying the Taylor Swift album, Neil. Oh, God. Oh, God. I was going to mention it, but I was saving it. I thought you were, I thought you were going to throw me under the bus with it. but um, And, you know, I don't deny it's probably um, part of the lockdown uh, mental state. It, it, it was an odd one. It turned up on my release radar on Spotify because there's a track on there with Bon, uh, bon Iver. I was like, Taylor Swift and Bon Iver recording a song together. I was like, well, if it's on there, I might as well listen to it. And then went and listened to the album, which is, it still has its sort of weak points in it. I would say weak points, it's very poppy bits on it. I, I heard one notable commentator refer to it as her ray of light. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was me. you. That, that was, was you. Me. That was me. That was me. It is her ray of light. It is her indie album. Um, it's produced and co-written um, by Aaron Dessner of the National, and I think if you align it at the same in the same place you align the the Matt Berenger album, which came out a few weeks ago, if you put the two together, you effectively get a mimic of the of um, I'm easy to find the last National album. There 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 are there's a lot of crossover there, and there's a couple of tracks on the album which you could just lift and stick straight on a national album uh it is very much her attempt to get the centrist dads on board um there's no you know they, they, it, it, not to be confused with idols dads not to no 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 definitely not they're not gonna like it at all they, they they won't even give it the give it the credit it's due but it, <laughs> it it's it's an album that is somewhat confusing um from someone who's never really rated taylor swift as anything other than you know just sort of saccharine pop and it's a bit it's you know it's a bit darker in places it's 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 a good sort of alt country record really uh, you know i i it's not gonna to me it's not gonna win awards it's not it probably isn't gonna be on my albums of the year but certainly exile the tracks you did with bon Iver, might come pretty close to the top 10 interesting um, and uh it's uh, as i say it's a complete departure from sort of where i thought she was as a performer and where i thought i was as a human being uh, <laughs> but it's um it's yeah it's it was it was a surprisingly good record and i have found myself yeah i listened to it i listened to it once and i didn't listen to it for a while and then i thought i'm gonna after a few months i was like i'm gonna go give it another listen to see if i was just hammered and completely got it wrong and actually i didn't like it's it, i I'd, I'd urge people to at least give it a go and well, see what they think of it because uh, like i mean i've not gone back and listened to other records maybe all their records are like that and i've just completely missed the uh missed the well, boat but it's, obviously um, I'm, I'm taking the piss out of you and i want to take the piss out of you but i'll be honest I've, I've i've not played it myself so i can't really judge to be totally honest i'm i'm i'm, I'm there with the idols dads in that i wouldn't give it the time of day go and give it the time of day it's okay. I, would say, I would say it's biggest fault is the fact it's fucking long it's like nearly an hour long oh, no. um which again very much like the last out al- last, last national album also nearly an hour long so yeah and look it's not all good but there are a couple of tracks on there as i say that was that it, it just sort of struck me it's very very nationally and that's clearly the vibe she's going for she's she's clearly trying to has, to has suck it had much down. Like, I hesitate to ask this. Has it had much commercial success? Because I must admit, I don't follow the charts. I don't know what's massive in albums and single sales. Has it has it gone big? Because I know obviously she's huge, but I've not really heard anyone talking about her this year, other than you, which is which is most um, unusual. <laughs> it's um, it's uh, it, well, it it had the the it holds the Guinness World Record for the most uh most day one streams on Spotify. And then uh, no one ever played it again. <laughs> and then maybe nobody ever played it again. Uh, it was uh, it was Time's album of the year this year. Um, okay. Time not known for their music. It's uh, number thirty one in Mojo. Um, and Mojo, you know, normally as cynical, you know, old man as you can as you can get as uh, from from the music industry. And I think it was mentioned by the BBC in their sort of albums of the year. I, I don't know how it's performed commercially um there was some interesting stuff with it where like the vinyl has only just come out with like bonus tracks on it so but again there's a lot of like cynical marketing to try and get people to 
like spend their money over a longer period. I can't imagine there are too many Taylor Swift fans that are going out and spending forty quid on vinyl, um, <laughs> which which is coloured beige, which I think says says more than it possibly yeah. should. Um, I, I was about to say, I mean, I know this says more about me as a person than anything else, but if you told me that the album had absolutely bombed and Taylor Swift fans had turned their back on it and refusing to listen to it, I'd be straight onto Spotify later and give it a play because that sounds more up my street than if it's uh, if it's you know unpopular. Yeah, well, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's going to be you know I, I I I the impression I got was that there are a lot of people who were a bit sort of confused as to what why she was doing this, yeah. um, including me from the other yeah. angle. But I, I imagine a lot of her a, a lot of her sort of core fan base either either they're of the age where she's like I need to do something more indie because they're growing up, or she's making it as i say a cynical play for the dads yeah um uh, either way you know credit to it it's something different and as i say it's her ray of light it's her sort of indie album um her you know slightly yep. different one i'm gonna have to ask you to move on because we've already given five more minutes to taylor swift than i ever thought we would give taylor <laughs> swift when I, we started this podcast you, you and me both as i say it was a total <laughs> shock when i listened to it so um so with that there i suppose we should probably look at, at some specifics of you know, in the music world, what's what's really struck you about the industry uh, and music in general, and what have you really sort of taken out of lockdown, and what have you just absolutely detested from this? Um, oh, it's mostly in the latter camp, to be honest. Yeah, you've, probably got, you've probably heard a lot of my negativity that came out of the uh, the early part of this podcast. That it, I just got really cringy at times, and I appreciate the efforts that some people went to, like the the whole tim burgess thing i kind of took the piss out of it earlier but it was a it was a new concept to have a listening party get everyone on twitter everyone puts the album on at the same time but it quickly became very very tiresome didn't it and let's be honest you can't do more than a couple of those things without it just doing your head in it's like i don't, I don't want to uh, tweet about this album when i listen to it i just want to enjoy it in my own time or better i want to go and see it live i think everyone's just itching to go and see stuff live again yeah i, th- I, th- I think we did we did lost souls via we did. Um, zoom or one of those and I, I think by the end I just turned it off because like, I think we were we were too busy getting hammered and chatting. Yes. Like, well, it's, we're not really listening along here. So like the early ones, sort of like, trying to find how how to listen to them as well as just listening to them. Uh, the, the there were some Oasis ones that were excellent. Or was it like the Liam Gallagher one was um, was very good. Him and Bonehead just kind of like Bonehead trying to talk him through how Twitter works largely, and like he's he seemed to be like a song ahead of everyone else. That was quite good. <laughs> that, that was quite good fun. But yeah, I think the fact they're still going on now is a bit surprising. I'm, I'm amazed they're still going on. It's like every time I because I think I followed Tim Burgess at the time, and I still occasionally see it. It's like my God, these are still going. It's incredible. Um, but the other the other thing I didn't like and. I mean, you've, you've got to say, obviously, the music industry had to try and come up with a way of keeping live events going. But some of the ridiculous things I saw about, like, the socially distanced little pods, the way you could go and watch a live gig, but you were in a little bubble of six people and you had to be certain distance from all the others. It's just, that's not a gig. That looks like the least enjoyable uh, setting for a uh, any sort of music event that I can possibly imagine. And, OK, fair play, they tried it, but it was not for me. And I said at that point, if this is the future of gigs, I'm out. Was that? A, do you think that is the that is the nadir of entertainment, or was it the drive-through gigs? Oh yeah, we'll go to a gig completely sober, sit in our cars, in our car. watch yeah. something like a race course, and then drive home yeah. in, a, in yeah. our car, stone cold same, sober. Same same category for me, exactly the same. It's yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm struggling with good things. I suppose one of the good things we had three record store days. Um, as someone who still buys. Uh, yep. physical media um that was really good more in that sort of comforting character there was a category I, there wasn't that much new stuff i picked up but uh i got the first bmx bandits album and went back to the bmx bandits um back catalog and i, I don't know how how au fait you are with the uh not at with, all with the bandits but they they're effectively a scottish um project of the mid 80s which featured uh norman blake from uh uh, from Teenage Fan Club, um, uh, one of, at least one of the Pastels, Eugene Kelly from the Vaselines. Um, I was going to ask if they're as good as Clean Bandit. It sounds like they might be better. They they are much much better. Um, and that's reassuring. 
yeah as, as a great band and yeah their first their first album which never i don't think it'd come out on vinyl before if it had it was very rare um so that came out so that was that was good like the first calexico record came out on 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 vinyl for that i've not heard that in ages hot rail that was that was good so it, it kind of it kind of forced me into into re-engaging with with some slightly more left field things that are sort of stuck in CDs at the back of, uh, uh, you know, in the back of a, a box somewhere, and uh, and put them, you know, put them, put them in the living room again, which was, uh, yeah, which was really good. I'm struggling to think of too much else. I suppose I actually one of the things is that, uh, again, another reference for Keith in the office. Him and a few uh, ex colleagues of mine have um, started doing a chain, you know, the chain on Six Music, where they, oh yes, where I've you link, yeah. where you effectively do a song. A, I think they do a song a day or a song a week, and it. it it um, links to the song before in some way. Uh, we started doing one of those. Uh, we're up to about 200 songs now. Um, it's a diverse playlist. Um, we've all got reasonably similar tastes, apart from one guy who's into like jazz and world music, um, which is a real struggle. But it has opened my opened my eyes to a couple of. Uh, a is couple he just of pretending guests. to be into jazz and world music to make it really hard for you to continue? The he show? is. He is the one that I follow as well. So yesterday I had to follow some Ghanaian, <laughs> some Ghanaian thing. Yeah, things I've done with again online gigs generally, particularly Ugh. like really cynical money making ones and. You know, I, I I have every sympathy for for the creative industries and the way they've suffered, all the roadies, all the sound guys, all the lighting guys, all the security staff, all the bar staff at venues and working in, uh, you know, working for 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 labels, for bands, for promoters. You know, it is really tough. But like Liam Gallagher's gig down on the Thames for fifteen quid. Eh. I just, you know, like how much is how much of that is is for the, you know, is is a blatant money making attempt off off a new single, and how much of yeah. it is for the for the wider audience? I I I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm a bit too cynical on these things, but um, uh, I, I'm just done with it. I'm also just done with watching gigs, um, yeah, like on telly. I just, you know, it's, it's always fun when you you know when you when you've been at Glastonbury to watch the Glastonbury highlights, or if you can't go, like to to sort of engage with it through that. But just generally sitting there and watching live music, I just find a bit, yeah. I, I, I I lose interest very quickly. Um, one of the both brilliant and terrifying things that's come out of this has also been Ian Brown's anti-vaxxing. Oh, well, uh, he just seems to be completely losing his mind. I don't know. Oh, if to- it's, to- it's, totally crazy. Yeah. Uh, but the highlight was when he and Martin Roster from Gene got into it on Twitter a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. Uh, I say get into it. They had a very civilised discussion around uh, around anti-vaxxing. Ian, Ian Brown posted like a 2000 word essay. Um, from his notes page on uh, on why he was sort of so anti-vaccinations. It, there was a there was, was a it lot in any way coherent because he yeah, can't. It was, tweet, it was actually I mean, Twitter yeah. Twitter's lim- limited to 160 characters and he can't form a sentence. So yeah, I wonder if his manager but... or someone had helped him with it. But it was it was it was surprisingly coherent. It was, it was his mum and dad maybe helped I mean, out. It, with was, it was you know it was getting into some really sort of like bordering on anti-Semitic stuff that's going on there and it was just it was very QAnon so yeah like the Rothschilds get a mention like it was all very strange bizarre um like it's it was all very odd but the fact that it was like it's basically been two months of him like calling various people from the uh, from the northwest uh, music scene twats and then Martin Roster comes on and like he gets this like really sensible response. And it's <laughs> sort of a bit odd. But yeah, I mean, what is happening to us all? Like it's 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 oh. normal people bonkers and Ian Brown more bonkers. Yeah. Well, the the final thing I'll say on the matter, and I think we we hinted at this earlier, that kind of the first month or so of lockdowns, new stuff was still coming out that had been recorded pre-lockdown, which which was great. But then after about maybe was it four or five weeks, new stuff obviously dried up because other, other than sports team who were obviously holding up recording no one else was able to get to a proper recording studio so we had this whole wave of just shit that was coming onto spotify where it was basically just people in their front rooms coming up with stuff and i i really hope that when when we've actually crawled through this tunnel to the 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 whatever it is the vaccine the the solution at the other end spotify just hit delete on anything called lockdown sessions because i got sick of my release radar being full of lockdown sessions of just awful cover versions from people with acoustic guitars in their bedrooms as well but not, but Sick not, uh, not, not, not our lockdown specials. They're, they're not going to delete those ones, are they? Uh, 
No, because we're not recorded music, James. I'm talking <laughs> about recorded music. So pe- people claiming to release new stuff, whereas just them arsing around in their bedroom with a guitar, because that's all they are allowed to do. That's oh, we, were we, to, we, were just ar- we were just arsing around without guitars. Exactly. We, we never called ourselves the lockdown sessions, which is what everyone else seems no. to yeah, it was. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty grim. The only ones of those I enjoyed were Ben Gibbard from um, Death Cab for Cutie. His ones were a little more um, nice. structured. Uh, they're all on YouTube. Um, some of them are quite good. Like he, he did them every day. And then like on Sundays, I think it was Sundays, he did like a cover special um, for just half an hour. There's some great covers like, he did, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Uh, Elliot Smith, Neil Young, like a, a wide breadth of, of of sort of covers. It's, it's almost like that, worth. A bit like that guy from Blossoms covering Cortinas. I mean, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's just like, time. Like, so give me a Cortinas, I think, might have been no sports team. I was going to say Cortinas might be my last band pre-lockdown, but I think uh, I think I, I snuck sports team in just uh, just after it. My my um, last my last live gig was a Battle of the Bands in Camden. Uh, headlined by none other than Nobody's Birthday from Reading. So it was a, a, good, a good way to go out. My last oh, way to go out. Exactly. Yeah. It was actually on my um, f- first time I've done a bit of uh, stage diving for a while as well. So, you know, it was a go down as a classic gig. <laughs> 2020, the year of your stage dives. Exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of Battle of the Bands, Neil, obviously a great showcase for new artists. Another great showcase for new artists is the Great Escape Festival, which has finally released its first 50 i say please go ahead oh yes please go ahead please go ahead but yes it's it's always that point at which you start to think there's something great to look forward to next year and this year more than ever it's hopefully something to look forward to next year i mean they, they must have been in two minds about whether to release a lineup because i mean it's it's may it's touch and go whether we're going to be through this by then but i think i, I, I admire the fact that they've gone let's look on the bright side let's assume that we can get people back in pubs we can get bands on we can put on a festival and let's let's put the lineup out there so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it Neil, can you imagine how long those queues are going to be when they're taking temperatures of everyone? Oh, the, the comedian manufactured queue when you get there and they say, sorry, it's 25% capacity and you all have to take a test on the way in. I mean, maybe they, maybe it'll be less manufactured. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be a real. Oh. Yeah, you never know if they if they're going through that. But I, I think a point that that you've uh, you've made uh, away from the podcast around uh, the the fact that the focus with this year seems to very much be more on British bands, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a few there's a few American bands on the lineup, but I think they're Americans that are based over here, and the rest are all British bands. Because that, let's be honest, that makes far more sense than flying in bands from Ghana and the Faroe Islands for the latest music showcase, like uh, Great Escape normally like to do. Yeah, and I, I suppose we should we should be mindful of obviously Brexit's going to hit as well. Um, how easy is it going to be for other European bands to travel? You know, who knows at this stage uh, a lot of irish bands on there in fairness so you know they're clearly quite hopeful and one from belarus as well uh oh was that the one that i could i i, I called them the russian, the russian yes. joy division yes Molchat doma um who are probably one of the best tracks uh on on this year's yeah. list I, I think stand out in the in terms of the first 50 um, i love the fact they, they properly they, they sing in russian as well none of this sort of will, will sing in english to pander to uh to, to western crowds um yeah. like it's uh yeah yeah full-on and i've listened to a couple of their tracks and they're wildly different so the one on the great escape playlist i, I thought was very joy division like it was quite sort of dark and quite moody doomy yeah yeah quite yeah. yeah a bit of doom in there but there's a couple of others that they've got on spotify that are trancy there's one called discotech play that um and that's yeah it's that's more kind of chemical brothers orbital style than uh, than joy division it's completely different from uh, from the one on the on the great escape playlist and i think in a similar vein kenny hoopla who's on my on my short list i don't know if he's on yep. yours as well because um, yep. he was due to play the 2020 festival and it's the yep. same track that's on there how will i rest in peace if i'm buried by a highway and it sounds very I, 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 how to describe it i think it sounds quite block party i, I think um, falls i think you it's think fallsy as well it's it's definitely in that kind of that kind of vein it's it, really really good but it's very different to some of the stuff that's that's um that he's also put down and that's also on spotify so i don't know quite who you who you get when you go and see kenny hoopla whether you get the no. kenny or the hoopla uh, <laughs> well, this, this is <laughs> 
this is what I, I said to you about i so i listen to the the spotify playlist so and i try to listen without context so i don't read the bios about the bands because let's be honest there's very few names on there that are recognizable so i just go through and sort of think what what music do i like before i actually learn anything about them um but that that can be is a little that, bit is, yeah is that reading is that judging a book by its cover or is that the opposite of judging i a think book it's by the its opposite cover? of that is and it? i think i'm i think i'm quite pure by doing that because yeah. i'm I'm, I'm judging the music rather than any any other characteristics. See, I usually I I usually go by whatever pictures on their bio. You can usually <laughs> you can usually tell which one's going to be uh, going to be passable and which one's and, not. And, and I think in the uh, the interest of transparency, I, I scored Jen a six. I quite like Jen. Quite interesting, punky guitars. Quite good uh, lyrics. What was your description of Jen to me, James? Uh, they they're trans lesbian hardcore feminists. <laughs> Something I think. like that. Yeah. I mean, their, their, their 2018 album is called Titty Monster. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew none of this. I scored them a solid six out. Six out of ten is quite good for first fifty because I'm normally quite critical, and I quite enjoyed that one. And James, James came back and was like, I can't believe he scored uh, that 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 a six. Let me change the infer- uh, the inference on that. I thought it was also quite good. I can't believe you gave it a six. <laughs> <laughs> I also can't believe you had Bob Villain on your shortlist as well. Yes, Bob Villain, a bit of bit of shouty hardcore. I mean, they sound like a bit of a joke. I mean, they're, 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 Bob, they're called Bob Villain for a start. Um, and the, their song on the play is called The Northern Line. And it's uh, yeah, it's basically about life in London and life on the underground. And it and it starts with a underground announcement saying, take your fucking luggage with you, which I quite enjoyed. So I thought that like, they could be quite entertaining. Mm, yeah, I'm... I'm... <laughs> I'm less convinced. Their um, their album was um, or like mini album that was one of the the rough trade albums of the month that came through the post, and it was really? it was most unwelcome in the in the height of uh, height of lockdown. <laughs> Um, in fairness, like in, in fairness, they, they've clearly got a good message. They're, they're, they're from London. It was very sort of Black Lives Matter heavy, and like I think Rough Trade and them were trying to to make a point with that, and that's you know a point well made. But it's just not my cup of tea. See, any anyone that listens to this podcast, you can listen to me for knee jerk opinions and James for the context. That's what he's here for. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just I'm just here to add flavour. Um, my, my other highlight, and this will again shock you, because once again it's a woman singer, which I you know. I'm, I'm over any issues there. Uh, New Dad, I think, uh, really sound really, really good. I've listened. Yeah. I have listened around the playlist and this. So I've listened to all of their stuff. I've only been around this year. Um, remind me a lot of Indian Queens, who are a band yes. that we've seen yeah. together a couple of times. Um, I guess for a slightly sort of higher profile comparison, a bit like War Paints. So again, quite sort of mellow, very good guitar, very good harmonies. Um, just yeah, sound sound very good. I had Policia or Policia as a as you know in that kind of kind of vein. But yeah, a bit war painty as well. I I I, I really like that. The both blue and which I think is the track on the playlist and cry. But I yep. think both both would would feature in my tracks of the year. There's there's three really good ones. I'd have Kenny Hoopla Molchat Doma and New Dad, possibly Voodoo's as well. I was about to say I took the words out of my mouth. I'd add Voodoo's to that. My description of Voodoo is like a vaccines Green Day combination. So very, uh, very short, short, sharp, punky guitar music, basically. Um, I don't think again anything groundbreaking, but I, I thought pretty enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, really good. I, I imagine that'll be. Hopefully, they'll give them a good slot of the Great Escape as well. That's that. It feels like it should be a good sort of Friday night at the Horn to about half past ten would be ideal for something like that. So, if you're going just on my descriptions, this is a band that I gave a seven, and based on my description, you should probably give them a one, uh, which is Walt Disco, and I called them. They're like a even camper wild beasts. <laughs> yeah, that sounds I, like your nightmare. Yeah, I, I, I like. I mean, they get bonus points for being Scottish. Part of me knows exactly what slot they're going to get, and they're going to be on in that church that the BBC Scotland or the yep. the, the Scottish music soundtrack always uh, showcase always uh, always has, which means it's going to be quite glam and about half past one in the afternoon and it's i just think it's i just think the the the, the chances of that just bombing horribly are uh, are massive i think they were on the playlist before and i think you were quite critical of the of the previous track that was on there oh, i didn't i didn't mind back. i didn't mind it they're not they're not one of my preferred 
um, Scottish bands. I just I, I find it quite inaccessible. But well, I'll, um, again, I'll listen to a few more of their tracks and see if they live up to the uh, even camper wild beasts uh, line, or if they're if they're just a bit shite. We'll see. Well, as we're as we're making snap judgments on bands, Neil, it's time oh, we oh, came oh, oh. to our animal based review segment. It's time for the, the Nearly, Nearly Wild, wild Show. show. Well, we, we might have been a little out with us with our sinking there, Neil. But you know, we are we're, we're doing this over Skype, and this is the first time we've done it for a while. So you know, give us a break. Yeah, uh, we're uh, launching in with the Cloud Nothings and the Spirit of. I should say it's cloud nothings not the cloud the nothings, cloud nothings yeah. uh, i don't know where that's come from um I, I like this it's it's got some strong cribsy vibes doesn't it for me it's yeah it's bizarre at times it, it's a disorientated couple of minutes it starts out as this sort of very sort of very saccharine jangly guitar and then ends with just shouting and screaming and there is that kind of johnny Mario era cribs thing going on right the way through the middle of it it's yeah. it's twee but it's landfill I, it's it's strange and it's beautiful i love it i i really uh, i'm really enjoying this one so they're a band i don't know a, a great deal amount i'll be honest but i did enjoy this track and um my my thoughts were it sounds like a fucking brilliant live track um, yeah. To the point where this is the recorded version, but it almost sounds like it's live at points. It sounds very, very raw, kind of a bit ferocious at times. And uh, yeah, it, I've, I've certainly that that has switched me on to this band. I do know of them from the past, but I've never listened to much of them. And I, I want to hear more of them as a result of this. And Neil, what kind of animal would it be? Well, I'm going for, yeah, a little, a little, little bit punk, a little bit ferocious. I'm going for a wolf. A wolf. Interesting. Yeah. I've got a very different direction. See, to me, this is a song that would stand up to an airing at any indie disco at the land. Dare I say, even a preset Lathams gig um, <laughs> right in the middle of uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory, um, you know, early Arctic Monkeys, some Joy Division, and then they throw a cloud nothings in. I'm but right. conver- conversely, I would also say that it would stand up quite well to a librarian's getaway in the Cotswolds. So... <laughs> For me, it has to be something amphibious, uh, and I'm going to go for the mud skipper. So, to all intents and purposes, it's a fish, but it's quite happy lolloping around on the land as well. And to think we never used to research this segment at all. We made it up as we go along. <laughs> We've got time to research there. Indeed. So, uh, ne- ne- next up, uh, this is a track called Girl, Are You Lonely Like Me? And it's by The Ten Tons. <laughs> That was Ten Tons doing what they do or what he does, really. A bit poppy, a bit catchy, a bit a bit la la la. I've probably been listening to too many of our 90s casts, but I just hear it. And I think it's just a bit camp, really. <laughs> wow. Can I say that? Oh, shit, I can't say that. It's 2020. <laughs> I would say it's got all the all the stomp and simplicity of status quo. It's it's got that kind of very simple sound it's very radio friendly isn't it i'm not sure he needs like the fuzzy vocal effects over the top of it it's pleasant enough you know what Neil? More, more than anything i'm just disappointed that it was nearly three years ago we saw uh we, we saw the 10 yeah. tons uh great escape and it just hasn't really shown any real progression from no, that. they all sound the um, same it's, it's just it, all of his stuff has, has merged into one to me now and it yeah. just all sounds like a poppy commercial lame blob 
to me. Yeah, there's a risk, and it's interesting you say commercial there because I I just think there is a risk that you know he fought so so hard for so long not to be known as George Ezra's brother. And he's just kind of turning into George Ezra. <laughs> it's just a bit like, well, that's a bit of a shame. So I just, it's a shame because, you know, it was it was one of the better sets I think we saw at Great Escape. But it's, yeah, it's just not really gone anywhere. It's just a bit disappointing. So, and if I it mean, wasn't Animal James, what would for, it be? For me, we're, we're, st- we're, still, we're still slightly aquatic. For me, it's a goldfish. Everyone's going to like it, but nobody's going to love it. For, for me, for the reasons I outlined earlier, it's a big pink flamingo. <laughs> Um, great. Okay. Well, moving as quickly on as we possibly can. The next track is uh, is from fellow Scots, uh, Delamitri, and it's got, sorry, the Delamitri, and it's called "Close Your Eyes and Think of England." Oh, what a title! So close your eyes and think of England. That boat afloat on the ocean with the change of state of jingling, and at the sight of it. Ah, Delamitri brings back some memories. Uh, Do you want to share your memories, Neil? I I really do. Is that okay? Fuck it. It's a long episode anyway. Let's let's crack on. Um, So I saw Delamitri about five, six years ago in my first ever seated gig. Um, it was, uh, I think it was at Hammersmith and it was where they'd actually bothered to put the entire uh, seats in. So like it was a comedy gig, but it was Delamitri that came out. And I, I must admit, I'm I'm partial to Waking Hours, which was their album from the early 90s. So I was very keen to see them. Never, obviously never saw them back in the day because I was about 12 when it came out. Um, and was sat next to a uh, a large Scottish gentleman, shall we say. Not um, me, not me, not for clarity. <laughs> Just for clarity, not me. And as the uh, as the set went on, it was clear I was enjoying it. I was singing along to all the songs. Obviously, not standing up. That was very frowned upon at a sitting down uh, sitting down gig. Um, but I was enjoying it. And then about two thirds of the way through the set, they played the first sort of opening bars to "Nothing Ever Happens," which was their massive hit from from back in the early nineties. And this big Scottish guy sat to my right. Suddenly, with his right hand, grabs my arm and makes me look at him. And he points to his face with his other hand and he's got a tear rolling down his cheek. He's got a tear rolling down his cheek and he looks at me and says, this gets me every time. And then they, they played the song. They finished the song. He got up and left. Didn't come back. He walked out at that point. That's all he wanted. <laughs> and I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, you don't get yarns like that from a Tim Burgess listening party. Do you? That's, that's, why we, that's why we need live music back. We certainly don't. And, you know, I think it's nice with Scotland Scotland back in uh, back in a major football tournament for the first time in my adult life. And Delamitri possessed probably the greatest football song of them all, Don't Come Home Too Soon, um, are back are back with, uh, with, with the new release as well. And I, I think you're right. This is classic Delamitri, isn't it? And, you, you know, you've made reference to uh, to, to some of their, their older material. I always think that Delamitri possessed one of the finest best ofs um, in, in in the history of music, them and James, I'd say both uh, both have nice, nice. fabulous best ofs, and this track would sit quite happily anywhere in the middle of that. Um, um, I was I was a bit disappointed though when you introduced the track, you um you cut the title short, um because it's interesting you're talking about football. The title was actually called "Close Your Eyes and Think of England Humping Us Two 0 at Wembley." That was yeah. the, that's the actual <laughs> title of the song. I, I, to be honest, I take two now right now. I take two. We so might, we might... Animal James, what would it be? I'd be a lion. So I'd tell me three. I think I think you know a lion rampant even. Uh, you know, don't, you know, lions sleep for for vast periods of time, and you know when they wake up they're ferocious and I think that's exactly what Delamitri have done they've made quite a big deal with their promotion for this of just being like old guys who've just sort of decided to come back and record an album and you know I, I think that's exactly where they are they're, they're, they're sort of dormant for long, long, long periods of time but when they come back they come back and they really know how to nail it like it well I'm, I'm thinking of that old Scottish bloke from that gig and I'm thinking of him and his mates hopefully at a standing up gig arm in arm swaying eyes closed thinking of england big old wrinkly faces like a good old british bulldog Bulldog, that song is is a bulldog for me of course it is Uh, what has happened to you during lockdown (laughs) christ (laughs) almighty 
it's my turn. We've got swiftly on again. Ah, we've got another fucking Scottish band. What can we come up with here? This is uh, Geneva, another old Scottish band, back, back from the brink with a new track called Fault Lines. This is the Geneva. Neil, one word comes to my mind when I think of this one. Doom. 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 (laughs) It's pretty dark and brooding. It's so, so dark. And and, and, I think we we did manage to talk about seeing Geneva earlier this year on one of our our last podcasts. One of of the gigs of this year, I'll have it. It may well be the gig of the year. And Andrew Montgomery's voice has really stood the test of time, considering the fact he's not had to use it for 15 years. And maybe that's why. Um, but it really comes through here that he's still got an excellent range. It's, it's absolutely spot on. It's it's really difficult, isn't it? Because as a song, it just lacks that appeal of some of their earlier work. And, they, and I just they sacked their drummer because it's got this really shitty drum loop, this tinny drum loop all the way through. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, maybe he couldn't record it or something. I don't know. It just, it, it's very, it's very, very strange. But it's, it'll be interesting to see what kind of direction they go in from here because it, this is a real, a real point of divergence from from where they are and what they normally do. Yeah, it's a, it's a curious one. But I, I quite like it. But it's, it, it's hard to, it's a hard one to love, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, I agree with you on uh, his voice. Sounds brilliant. Musically, the two things that stood out for me were the the drum loop, which is bizarre, but the organs and the organs, I think, is what gives gives it that that doom feel, and it makes it feel really like, almost kind of gothic in places, which is which is very ungeneva like. Um, but it did give me a great idea for an animal because it's clearly a bat. <laughs> it has to be a bat. Interesting. Interesting. You've gone with uh, on gone nocturnal. I've gone nocturnal as well. I've gone for a Eurasian scops owl. <laughs> Obviously, Why because think of that. Because Neil, as I'm sure you're aware, the scops owl possesses a very distinctive high pitched uh, noise that can only be heard in the dark. Clever. Oh, that's a blinder. Very clever. Good research. I've this been a slow week. <laughs> And with that, uh, with with that, those four tracks put to bed, uh, we can uh, we could say goodbye to uh, oh, to this it. podcast. We're, uh, we've come to an end. So, of course, Neil, do you want to do the uh, do the honors on the social media channels? And, and yeah, all the- can I just say it's good to be back. It's been it's been a tricky year, but say so there's um, as I've said several times now, it feels like things are getting better, and I'm I'm pleased that we've got this in the bag. Very much enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it too. If you want to follow us, uh, we are on Twitter at all just noise one. Um, make sure you get that one in there as ever um, we put all of our, everything we've talked about today we put into a Spotify playlist which we will link to from all of the main uh, podcast accounts as well so you can uh, follow that on Spotify and we generally like to chat about the episodes on Twitter so please do come and say hello and let us know what you think yeah definitely and we're we're, we're working on ways of doing this better and and longer and other other things as well we're um, currently planning something for the festive season we're not quite yeah. sure what at this stage yeah. but um but we're we're rest assured we're planning so keep an eye on the uh, on the social channels and stuff and uh, you'll uh, you'll read all about it on that but uh, but for now neil cha cha cha